Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of Venus. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Hello, I'm Garin Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And you've just entered the Garin Thomas Cycling Club, brought to you by Zwift. Jump on your Zwift Hub One and jump into Zwift. Welcome along. Hey G, nice to see you, although... What is this about a training nightmare? Yeah, well, basically, uh, I'm in Sierra and I was with Dupluski for a few days. He left. Um, I was here on my own. Uh, there was no staff or anything. And basically, I was had a six-hour ride planned. Um, and there was me and Connor out on the road, so he was flying to Malaga. Um, he was stopping off at Carlos Rodriguez who we've had on the pod a teammate who's stopping off at his mum's house to pick up a turbo because about a palava trying to get a turbo here couldn't do it so he was going to pick up his turbo then come and meet me at the end of training and then we we're going to basically go back to the hotel and then on Monday today we were going to do a turbo session because the weather's bad anyway I'll get an hour into my ride have a puncher front wheel puncher I've got a TT wheel in the front. It's another long story how that happened, but I won't go into it. It's very boring. But basically, I had a TT wheel there. Back wheel was the Plusky's clincher wheel, so it had an inner tube in it. Um, <laughs> both have inner tubes, but the TT wheel is obviously a deep rim, isn't it? So uh, yeah. the tube I had had that I'd been given by the mechanic was a shorter uh, valve. So... Yeah. Valve. Yeah. So basically it won't go I won't be able to pump it up because the valve's pretty much still in the in the wheel. It doesn't stick out. Yeah. So um I also don't have a pump. But luckily a a, a fellow cyclist passing by stopped who had a pump and uh, he starts to help me out. And then I realised that actually Dupluski's back wheel has a long valve in the tube. So I was like, oh, I'll take that oh. one out, put that in the front, and then my spare I'll put in the back. And this dude, he was really helpful. He was there with his mate as well. And they were both, uh, they both just started doing it for me. I put a picture on Instagram, actually. So I just stood there just watching these two guys <laughs> just do my wheels for me. Anyway, start to pump up the, whichever one it was now, the front. And it's not pumping up. And neither's, I don't know about the back actually, but so I think when they've put it on, they might have, they must have pinched a tube or something, or oh, or my no. spare. I can't imagine my spare was punctured already, but um, so anyway, basically, then his then this guy's like, oh, I can go to my house and see if I've got some tubes, and I was like, yeah, but you're gonna have these really long valves, and he's like, ah, probably <laughs> not. So now I'm like an hour fifteen away from Sierra. Connor is about five hours away from meeting me. So I'm like, how the hell am I going to get home? So I was like, 
there's Uber work around here. And the guy's like, no, no chance, mate. <laughs> He's like, I'll, I'll go get my car and I'll take you up to Sierra. And I was like, oh, you can't do that. But then as soon as I said it, I was like, actually, no, I want you to do that because otherwise I've got a really long walk. And he's like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay. So he goes, gets his car, comes to pick me up. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to pay him or something. And he's like, oh, I'm just going to stop for petrol. So I was like, oh, I'll get it, I'll get it. He's like, no, 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 but I end up paying the petrol. So at least I was like, at least I've done him some sort of favor. And we were chatting as we were coming up and he's some doctor where we passed his hospital. He said he'd just done a 24-hour shift. 24 what? hours. And he was like going out on his bike to clear his head and stuff. I was like, mate, I've just ruined your day, haven't I? I felt so bad. <laughs> and um, but I told him to message me on Twitter, on Instagram or whatever, because um, we're back end of March. So maybe I can give him a, something from the team as well, as well as the 75 euro worth of petrol. Um, so I felt a bit bad. But so anyway, I get back to the hotel it's around one o'clock now Connor's due to arrive around five got Carlos's turbo so I was like that's alright at least I'll get a good turbo session in, in instead oh god and then that was such a palaver as well like because he had the rim brake adjustments at the back so we changed yeah. them to discs because obviously it's just a different well the back end is different you know when you have to do it up on the turbo so um both parts are in there. I've failed to see the second part for about half an hour. And I was like ringing the mechanic, like, how the hell is this working? Like, And it was like, I couldn't pedal because the cassette was on the frame and it wasn't turning. Oh, anyway, finally realized, oh, here we go, sweet, sorted it. Get it on properly, start riding, and then the cassette starts falling apart. The cassette's loose. So I was like, oh my God. So then, we've been trying to set this turbo for about 45 minutes now Connor is more inept than me at being a mechanic by the way and um, so there's obviously no bike shops up here it's a Sunday as well so all the bike shops are shut anyway so uh, ask around the hotel or if there was any other cyclists around that had the tool you know the tool to tighten up the cassette yeah which is a very specific tool yeah extremely specific so uh you know, the, the the head chef here who does some work for us, Jorge, such a nice guy. He's yeah. a problem solver. He gets the mechanic in the hotel to come and have a look. And yeah, obviously he didn't have the, the tool needed. He couldn't sort of do it any other way. So I had to wait till today, really, for Connor then. Drive down the mountain, go to Granada, go to the bike shop, get that tightened up, get some tubes the right size, get all that sorted. Um, and then... This was forecast anyway. There's a big, there's a big lot of snow coming in. So I'm getting all these pictures from Connor as he's driving down the mountain. Gridlock. There's snow plows. There's cars on the side of the road. There's oh, it's just absolute carnage and chaos. And I'm thinking, probably won't see Connor till tomorrow now. Um, <laughs> and so I was preparing to go and do three hours on the techno gym bike in the gym, to be honest. But oh, uh, what? Luckily enough, though, he was able to get down. Got. The bike shop were amazing. Um, shame yesterday wasn't a weekday, really. Could have got it all sorted yesterday, but the bike shop were great. Sorted the turbo out. Connor got back. It was a lot later. Like, I hate training after 12. You know when you start? I guess it's different when you have a job because you kind of, it's a bit different, isn't it? But <laughs> as a professional athlete, to do nothing all morning and then start yeah. training after 12 is just, I don't know, I find that hard. Anyway, jumped on the turbo, half one. 
did a two and a half hour session on there in the gym. Nice, good sweat on. Just had some lunch now and going to jump back on for another hour and a half. And uh, today was a good day. So, but yesterday, you know, when you miss training, like I had such a horrible feeling. I was like pissing out. Like that's what a waste of a day. Like, and like, to be honest, what could go wrong did go wrong. But, you know, oh, it was my fault really at the end of the day. Like, I've, yeah, I come straight from a race as well. And you know, so I didn't bring my pump for my training bike or my saddlebag. And then I forgot to ask the mechanic for a pump and it not no guarantee he even had one anyway. So, but it's just like, I didn't have any bottles when I came here either. I to uh, um, Jorge, the chef was going down to Granada anyway to get something. So he got me some bottles as well. So it's just been one of them where it's just like, oh, all over the place. But done some good training. Diet's been good. I had a good week with Sam Max as well. Max loved the sledging. Um, I bet he did. So yeah, that was a great week. Um, I don't know. I think I might have said it in the last pod, but there's something nice about being at altitude and just the clean air and stuff, you know, and just, uh, and it's, it's so cold though now. Like I was on the forecast tomorrow. I think, yeah, the, the feel the with the wind chill is like minus 11. Minus 11 on a bike that's cold. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to go down in the car. But then Granada's great. Granada at the bottom of the climb is only half an hour away. And it's like, I don't know, it's double figures, you know? So the difference is, is massive. But um, so, yeah, that's been, uh, it was an eventful, it was an eventful day. So, um, but yeah, feeling a lot better in myself now, actually. So four hours on the turbo as well. That's like doing five on the road, isn't it? I would say that's doing 10 on the road. I mean, the boredom of a turbo, I know they're efficient and I know they're better than they used to be, but if you can do four hours in a turbo, that's ultimate commitment. Yeah, yeah, that's me, mate. Committed athlete. <laughs> There's also possibly a lesson here. I mean, look, you have held your hand up on this, but um, most people, when they get into bike riding, they have, they'll have one ride where they haven't taken an inner tube or check their pockets for inner tubes or check their back pockets for a pump and they get away with it for a certain period of time and then they'll find themselves somewhere in the middle of nowhere without either tyre levers or an in-tube or a pump and they never make the mistake again but you have got into your late 30s as an elite rider relying on other people to get you out of a pickle. Yeah, but the thing is, right, I, I even thought, ah, uh, I could do with a pump but what are the chances? You know, like I don't punch that often. What are the chances of me punching today in the five hours before it takes me to meet Connor? It only took me an hour, didn't it? But yeah, never learned. But yeah, I, you you got to live life, you know? you got to risk, you know? I live life on the edge, Tom. That's me. No pump. That's what it is. No pump rides. <laughs> <laughs> I had a mate you never used to take a spare inner tube mountain bike. And I think he took one on the basis that one would be enough. And then he had one of those occasions where you go over something and... and do both front and rear tires and he had this story about trying to fill his tire with grass uh, <laughs> from a field yeah. to try and try and give it some body it turns out you need a phenomenal amount of grass to make a clinch tire <laughs> stay on did I tell you about the time I used a uh, banana peel did you it's like a boot inside the tire do you have a little rip in the tire wall did you yeah yeah and uh I must have been a junior or something so I changed the tire, the, the tube but then there was a massive hole in the tyre so I had a banana in my pocket so I ate the banana <laughs> and used the peel 
as a sort of uh, <laughs> protector thing. It got me home. So, yeah. That is an excellent idea. I, I've also seen people who haven't got tyre levers using the um, the lever on the quick-release skewers. Yeah, as I'd a be, I've definitely done on that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like dark, is it dark tourism when you go to like sort of, you know, weird places that are kind of state? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like dark riding, we'll call it. <laughs> riding without I, a tube and a pump. Life that's on what it is. I think we should get our fellow GTCC members to get in contact with us in all the usual social places and let us know about their best ever bodge jobs. The fix is out by the roadside when they found out they've forgotten something and they've had to be creative. Banana skins, grass in tubes, all sorts. Let's see what people come up with. <laughs> so this week's guest, G, he's a great guest and we were looking forward to getting him on. We do need to add a little bit of context. So... The interview you're about to hear was Julien Alaphilippe. This was recorded while G was racing in the Algarve. Julien was at training camp before racing this weekend. A couple of things have happened since we spoke to him. First thing is, unfortunately, he had a crash on Saturday in the closing stages of Omloop. But he was okay to race in Kerner, Brussels, Kerner on Sunday. We're really excited to see how he gets on this bring. There was also a, <laughs> a little bit of beef last week with Patrick Lefebvre, his idiosyncratic boss at Quickstep. Now, Lefebvre has subsequently tried to make out that he didn't say what he did. And there was a slightly awkward press conference on Thursday where Lefebvre was there next to Julien not looking very happy. <laughs> Lefebvre has tried to pretend or has claimed that he didn't actually say that Julien drank too much and partied too much and hmm. um, that his wife Marion Russe was to blame. Um, Lefebvre has tried to blame it on his Dutch. My Dutch is not always so well understood. Um, but that has happened. So I think we probably need to put all that you hear from Julien into that context. Yeah, it was bonkers, right, wasn't it? I remember, like, I didn't see it, but it, it was on one of the WhatsApp groups. And, um, like, to be fair, I got a lot of respect for, for Patrick, you know, what he's done over the years with Quickstep. Unbelievable team in it. The results they've got, the riders they've had, you know, how they ride. And, like, it's incredible, the team and the success they've had. So, so much respect for him. But recently with these sort of outbursts, it's just a bit weird. Like, for a team boss with so much history and, like, yeah, respect from people to just sort of losing the plot in public, like, basically, isn't it? It's mental. Like, you know, with Sam Bennett, he had this thing, and now Alaphilippe, but, like, as a rider, um feel sorry for, like, my fellow riders, you know? And I know, I know Sam well, um, less well than Julian, but... Yeah, it's just crazy the situation, really. Like, it's just not, it shouldn't be done in public. Like, whatever his thoughts like that, just yeah, deal with it behind closed doors. No, like, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, all the best football managers back their players totally to the hilt in public, no matter what they've done behind closed doors. And then they will tear a strip off them and you have the loyalty of the players as a result. Alex Ferguson was famous for doing that. And you're an Arsenal fan and you'll remember Arsene Wenger saying, I did not see it whenever he was asked about Patrick yeah. Vieira going through someone at knee height. And there's probably a little bit of that that needs to be done with Patrick, isn't there? As you say, his record speaks for itself. Quick step, a super, super successful. And he's got that whole Wolfpack mentality. Maybe this was one where he could have kept his criticism behind closed doors. 
Yeah, definitely. But uh, although I do think I do like a little bit of public criticism, if yeah. it's good for that person, you know, Warren Gatlin's but like that, he? If he knows he's gonna, you know, get the best out of someone, he'll not rip him to shreds, but just a little like, oh yeah, he didn't have the challenge. best game. Yeah. yeah, but this was just like I thought he was drunk, mate. To be honest, maybe he was. Oh. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, it was still a great chat with Julian on it, and obviously it was before all this kicked off, and we we didn't really want to go down that route anyway, did we? But um, no, it's great to have him on. But yeah, no, enjoyed the chat, Tom. Let's dive in. Well, gee, we have got a bit of exciting news for our fellow GTCC members. We have partnered with Ketone IQ. We have, Tom. Um, do you know what it is? got to help me out here. I know it's something to do with ketones, but I don't know what ketones are. Come on, what <laughs> is it? Um, ketones are basically a different energy source for your body, really. So we use them in the team, mainly for performance and recovery, you know, kind of go hand in hand, really. But you can also use them for cognition. That's kind of a posh word, isn't it? But it's for like focus, really. So, you know, I know of some guys sat in an office, take it and helps them, well, focus basically for work or whatever they're doing. This sounds potentially very handy for a man who, like you, likes cycling or like me, likes talking and writing about cycling and sometimes needs to focus a little bit more. Yeah, you could definitely do with it every now and again, Tom. But um, they've kind of been around for a few years now. Everyone kind of thought that we were taking ketones like years and years ago, but it took us a while to actually even start it because the team wanted to do a lot of research and read papers and, you know, make sure it was doing what it says, basically. Um, so, yeah, but first kind of heard about it, HVMN from Cam in LA. He was raving about it. Oh, Cam Worth. Exactly, yeah. And you know what he's like. He talks a lot. So you got to take everything he says sometimes with a pinch of salt. But to be fair to him, this was one time when he was actually uh, talking a bit of sense. Nice. So give me a bit more detail here. Let's get down to nitty gritty. When do you use it? Uh, you can use it at the start of training. It can kind of help you there or for recovery. Um, we use it primarily for recovery after the stages and stuff, but another way of fueling your body really. And it tastes a lot better. A couple of years ago, they used to be oh, horrible, absolutely horrible. But now now they're a lot better. That is great news. I was going to ask you about the flavour because let's be honest, something can be really, really good for you. If it tastes disgusting, you're going to do it once and never again. Exactly. So if you want to try HVMN's Ketone IQ, then visit hvmn.com forward slash GTCC for 30% off your first subscription order. Yes, that's hvmn.com forward slash GTCC for 30% off your first subscription order. Go on, give it a try. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips, and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Today's guest is one of the most loved cyclists in the peloton and incredibly the first Frenchman we've ever had on the pod. Can't believe that. Um, but anyway, yeah, two-time world champion, six-time Tour de France stage winner, um, it says much more and off the top of my head I've got 
you know, San Remo, Strada Bianchi, polka dot jersey in the tour. I think it's staging like the Vuelta as well. Um, pretty, pretty talented guy. Not, not a bad Palmares, but um, anyway, yeah, our pleasure to finally welcome to the GTCC, Julian Alaphilippe. Thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, Jay. Hi, everybody. Thanks for coming. I, I can't believe it. First Frenchman we've had on. Yes, it's a long time ago already. I think uh, we have to to meet for for your podcast, and uh, yeah, it it happened. Huh? So it's nice, nice to be here. Appreciate your time because you're up in um, Sierra, right? Training camp. Yes, 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 yes. We we still uh, have uh, one more week to do here before the opening weekend, and yeah, uh, yeah it's also nice to see you guys racing in uh, Hargar. So. Uh, after training, we can watch the race. Yeah, well, I might see you next week. So I'm coming up straight after this race with the family. Yes. So, um, wow, okay. yeah, yeah. I'll take my son onto this onto the slopes to ski school. Yeah, it's it's quite uh, a lot of people. Uh, they are skiing now at the, at the moment. Snow, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the top, full of snow. Yeah, perfect. So, Julianne, how was Australia? It all looked like it was going really well at the start of this year. Yeah, Australia was uh, lovely. Eh? You know, it was my uh, only second participation uh, 10 years after my uh, debut. Uh, so, yeah, I was looking forward to come back and uh, to enjoy the race and the good weather and uh, yeah, to start the, the new season. So I was quite happy to be there and uh, happy with the, the legs. So I tried to do my best like always and... Uh, it's not a, a bad start and now uh, quite busy with trainings and really looking forward to to start the the classics and uh, all the race were were coming. Yeah, it was a good start, mate. You say you were watching um, watching us in Algarve, but I was, well, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't watching you live in Down Under because it would have meant I would have had to get up quite early. But no, you were strong, mate. It's good to see because, um, yeah, you've had your... A few ups and downs, haven't you? Really, after that big crash in the age, it seems like so. Great to see you back performing well and um, big year, I reckon, mate. Got some, you still got some big wins in you, mate. So, looking forward thank to you, seeing thank that. Thank you. I will try to do my best. You know, like you said, it was uh, the last two years not so easy and not my best uh, seasons. But uh, yeah, I took a good break. I tried to do. Uh, a good reset, you know, in the mind to to just restart training easy without um, changing anything, not going crazy. I was happy to start in Australia. I came back with a good feeling and you. I'm not sick for the moment and uh, all the trainings are going well. So like you said, it's, it's a good um, a good way to to continue and uh, I'm really, really looking forward to go full gas for for the next races. Yeah, perfect. I did miss it down there. It's great, isn't it? So down under, like, yeah, the atmosphere. The atmosphere is so special. You know, you are uh, the other way of of the world, and uh, it's it's relaxed. No pressure. The level is hard, is high, because some riders they they are really on the top of the shape there. So it's anyway a good. Uh, good um, feeling for the legs and uh, we we were 
quite lucky with the weather also because it was always around 30 degrees. And I remember 10 years ago, it was more about uh, around 50. And uh, I just suffer, suffer so much. And uh, th this year was much better. I really enjoyed the race and uh, and it was uh, yeah, a good time. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you're gonna do the Giro this year, Julien, for the first time ever. What was your thinking there? Why the Giro? Is it just to take G on? <laughs> no, it's it's already a few years that I, I said to the team that uh, I would like to do the Giro because uh, it's a it's a beautiful race and uh, I think there is quite few stages who who suit me well and and uh, it's already a few years now that I have almost always the same program and uh, we know that uh, Remco going uh, to the tour uh, for the GC so he will he will be a, he will have a, a big team around him and uh, um, I'm quite more free role at the Giro because we, we will have also a, a sprinter so it will be uh, yeah my first time at the Giro d'Italia and I'm looking forward to discover the, the race I always love it to, to race in uh, in Italy so I'm, I'm also looking forward yeah, yeah you must have some good memories in Italy with San Remo and stuff as well but also being like um, like obviously the tour is massive and being a Frenchman it's going to be huge but I feel like for you now going to the Giro it'll be like a weight off your shoulders I can imagine because for sure you'll have so much expectation all the time in the tour right and even though it's good and don't get me wrong it's it's, it's the pinnacle and you know when, you, when you're strong there's no better place you want to be but yeah as you say I think you can go to the Giro and it the weight will be lifted almost. You can really enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I can imagine, I can imagine for you, it'll be a nice change for sure. Because you've done the, the tour pretty much every year, right? Unless you've been injured. Not every year, but I think, uh, wow, well, I never count, but uh, I think six, seven times, I, I don't know. But yeah. uh, like you said, of course, as a Frenchman, you you have always a lot of, lot of expectation at the tour because yeah, more than 20 years uh, without um, without a French winner of the Tour. Even if, if some guys were, were on the podium, like uh, Thibaut, Romain. But uh, it was also never my goal to, or my dream to, to, to be on the podium at the Tour. Not because I cannot maybe physically, but also because it's also not my way of racing. And uh, like, for example, I... 2019 was a really special year for me and special Tour de France with the yellow jersey and uh, the two stage victory. But at the end, I, I, I enjoy so much more that way of racing and that tour than to, to try to, to be top 10 on the GC and to, to save energy every day, to think about the recovery, to, this is a, a different way to race when you go for GC and uh, you know you know that more than me. So so yeah, I enjoy more like this and uh, I think in the Giro I will have the, the freedom to to go on the breakaway or to, to attack if I have the legs of course. But uh, if you go for the Tour de France GC, uh, 
you have to to really be allez, to to stick at the plan and yeah, try to save energy. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I can tell that's totally the opposite to you. You just need to you're an artist, aren't you? You're not a scientist. You just need to go and <laughs> just do your thing. You know what I mean? Just like don't even think about it. Just bang on some different colors and just flamboyant and great, great, great attitude. This great way to race, race. No, it's just yeah, my yeah, way yeah, to yeah. to to do cycling. You know, and I I lose a lot of race like this, but I also won some race like this. So at the end, uh, it's it's the way I enjoy the the most and. Uh, at the end, you do cycling for yourself. Eh? You don't do, you don't do for the expectation of the, of the public. And I also, I am also realistic about my uh, capacity. So I just try to do the best version of myself. And at the end, it's uh, the most important. You know, you have to be happy. Cycling is a is an uh, art sport, and you don't have to follow what. Uh, what uh, they say that uh, it's good for you or I know what is good for me and I enjoy like this. So let's get into that tour in 2019 because it was obviously a huge race for both of you. Julian, did you have any expectations at the Grand Depart in Brussels? Did you have any expectations of being in yellow for as long as you were? Any expectations about being in the mix to win the whole thing? Well, to be honest, no, it's I never, before the, the start of the tour, never, ever, I imagine uh, I was thinking about this scenario. You know, I, first we were we were really focused about the start because it was a team time trial in, in Belgium and as a Belgium team, it was uh, important for us. But uh, I knew also that a uh, few days after was uh, a Pernay, the stage with a uh, Healy uh, final. And uh, we, I did uh, two, two or three times the recon of the last 15K with my uh, roommate, uh, Dries de Venance. And I was really feeling good. And I said, Dries, that stage, I want to try to win. I want to race like uh, there is no stage tomorrow, you know, like a classic and uh, I will give my best. And if it works, it will be nice. If it doesn't work at the end, at least I try it. And, and uh, my goal was to, to just go full gas on the final kilometers, but not 15K to go. So after my... Uh, is this the one with the climb? Uh, yeah, like 15K to go and descend to the finish. Is that right? And you were you away with like Tebow or someone over the top or was that this year? Was that that year? No, no, no. That, that was Saint-Etienne. I took back the, the yellow jersey there. No, Bache Perné okay. is uh, where I attack on the really steep climb and uh, on the top was uh, Tim Wellens from the breakaway and he had flat tire. I don't know if you remember that. No, I don't remember that. And uh, yes. You won the stage? Yes, yes, yes. Solo? Yes, but uh, oh, Mike Tinison was uh, a yellow jersey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, after I, it was a, uh, a long way eh, to the finish but uh, it was a, a really nice memory that's one thing that stands out with you actually is with um, there's a couple of times when we've done a recon or whatever because even I think in 21 maybe the first stage in 21 you won that right and took yellow jersey as well and when we did the recon of this stage we were like ah 
no one's going to attack like at the bottom here it's, it's too far to go and, <laughs> um, and this stage you're talking about in, um, ah, yes. in 19 was the same Landerno both times it's Landerno yeah, that yeah. was Landerno yes 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 I remember so we've gone into it and I've been thinking ah, no one's going to go that early and be able to stay away both times you've done <laughs> it so yeah I'll remember this next time third time lucky I'll be like right no one's going to do it oh actually Julian's <laughs> going to do it yeah but the first of all you know that you need to be like 100% physically you, you need strong legs and in the head you need to be prepared for that like for sure I'm quite sure some guys can follow because when they saw me attack attacking they, they was thinking fuck where you go it's like 2-3k to go not so steep yeah. few teammates can try to close the gap but me, I just go full because I I don't think that uh, yeah maybe tomorrow it's also a good stage for me. I just go full like uh, like I told you like uh, like the race finish yeah. on the top and uh, sometimes it works and sometimes uh, it doesn't work. But at least like I said, I try and it's also when it works, it's also beautiful memories after. Gee, on that tour, because you were the reigning Tour de France champion going into that race, and you would have thought about who your rivals for yellow might be as you went back to try and, and win it again. At what stage, or on what stage in that race, did you start getting really worried about Julien? Well, I think after the TT that he won. Never. No, no. Like, we, we just kept saying, ah, yeah, but... He, he, He'll he'll have a bad day. He hasn't really been thinking of GC going full gas for these stages. But then, as the days and the races were going by, I was like, "Oh, he's not cracking, and he's he's getting stronger, it seems, or he's certainly not getting any weaker." Um, so yeah, it was um, sounds quite bad, doesn't it? it? Sounds like I always underestimate you, mate. But um, it was just like unreal, really. And um, but yeah, I think this TT that's probably what. Um, it's probably your fault that I didn't win the tour, mate. Let's be honest. If you weren't riding so well, <laughs> if I if I had taken yellow after that TT, it might have been so different for me and the team as well because obviously Egan might have better sort of like ride for me a bit more and whatever, but, or maybe not. They still might have found a way to, to get him to win. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's funny how things turn out, but uh no, I think with with Julian that race it was just incredible, and the French were just amazing. Like the the support, and everything. but well, we say the good side, but it can also be tiring. I'm sure to have the whole country, you know, fully behind you. Everyone wants a picture with you. Everyone wants you to do something for them, and it must have been insane. And I remember hearing stories about everyone just outside your hotel every night, just partying and like celebrating, and you know, must have been. Uh, great but also a challenge right i will never forget that that moment and that yeah that tour but uh especially like you say the the time trial for me it's it's unforgettable the the, the time trial and uh, the day after in uh, tourmalet when uh, thibault yeah. won the stage and i can follow with you guys but uh i think also for me was the start of you know going down and Maybe I can play a little bit poker face, but in my head and more in my legs, I knew that uh, 
I will not make it. But uh, of course, when you are yellow jersey, you cannot say that. So you you just try, you continue, and you keep going. But uh, I knew I start to be empty, and that was the the famous stage uh, where we we passed the top almost three thousand meter uh, called the Liseron. And uh, yeah, I yeah. was I was just suffering so much, and and yeah. I knew it before because since since the start in Belgium I just go full gas and you you are in a situation that you you never experiment before you know to 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 be yellow jersey for so many days so like for the time trial it give me so much energy because yeah you start last position you know everybody is looking at at you and you know you have the legs are 100% the parkour is perfect for me and you have an extra boost boost with the the yellow jersey because if I do again now the same time trial but you know for for just try to do my best maybe I will well, for sure I will go slower at the end yeah yeah if you see the time because when you are yellow jersey I still remember Tom Steele on the car pushing me like Julian it's for the victory it's for the victory but I was thinking it's a joke just to to push me you know just to <laughs> to motivate me and uh and yeah without the yellow jersey for sure it's maybe one one percent less and uh, I don't know but I remember the that feeling and also like you said the the atmosphere the public when you arrive at the hotel and uh, everybody start to believe that uh, it's possible to to be yellow jersey uh, day after day and uh, also in the team eh? it was a really special atmosphere and uh, this you know it's forever I don't want the tour I finish sixth or fifth but the most important is the the memory I have the memory I I gave to my to my teammate to my supporter something that you I will bring with me even after cycling and uh, it's uh, it's yeah it's nice. It must have been crazy as a Frenchman. So you're on the Tourmalet, Pino wins it, you're in yellow, you've got President Macron there to greet you. It's like a, a crazy dream. Yeah. For me, I was just oh, killing myself for the climb because it's a really terrible climb. And uh, I was I was good, but I was also lucky that one moment was a big corner, I still remember. And uh, we we took a headwind so the first guy is slowing down a little bit and I tried to recover just to 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 yeah to to take a little bit more uh, oxygen back I don't know I was hung on, on the wheels and I knew the small the next small acceleration I will explode so I just try to survive to to stay in the wheels and uh when Thibaut attack, uh, I feel I can maybe follow, but I was also so scared to explode and to to lose like 30 seconds. So I just give my best. And uh, at the end, before the start of that stage, never I imagined that I, I will finish second on Tourmalet. So it's uh, again uh, a good memories. Even, yeah, if, yeah, I even if you felt, yeah, even if you felt bad, mate, I got spat. I got spat about K and a half from the top, and I just remember thinking, "Shit, 
but it's just one of those days you just yeah, have but, to limit uh, your losses. But I, I also remember that it's it's not bad uh, about you because you know the respect I have for you and the I I know the classy rider that you are with the Palmares and I also know that you are a GC rider. But that day, few k before the the top, when I saw you losing contact, that gave me a little bit extra boost like fuck G is is dropping and I I stayed here uh, I I'm staying uh, there and I'm just dying but if J drop it's because it's fucking hard for everybody hard. so yeah just kill yourself few minutes more and and you see so yeah well happy I can help you out mate happy to help you out <laughs> 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 what was that that stage 19 like for both of you because that was the landslide day and that was the day where you both suffered in different ways Julia you were suffering on the bike and gee you were suffering because the plan that had been hatched originally to try and shake Julien out of the GC went in a different direction in a way that you could never have imagined yes well obviously as we said Julian was riding so strong all race and we were like wow this is like there's only two mountain days to go. We need to just attack early, try and put him under pressure and hopefully, hopefully try and crack him. And um, I went first, then Egan went and we distanced Julian for the first time in the whole race. And like he was saying about me when I was spat, when when we dropped Julian, then I was like, oh, finally, yes, here we go. Come on, this is a chance. This is a chance. And then <laughs> obviously... Uh, Egan was up the road and um, Dupluski actually was riding. He was riding on the front for, for Kreuzweg, who was um, Jumbo at the time. And yes, yeah, for me, I was thinking mm -hmm. that's perfect. You know, these boys will keep Egan in check now. It's still a long way to go and then they'll slowly bring him back and then boom, I can go and, you know, take advantage of that. Um, but yeah, as we all know, there was a landslide um, and on the descent of the penultimate climb, we got stopped and said oh actually boys the finish was 10k ago we're going to take the times over the top of that which was kind of weird really it's kind of like uh yeah how can you just say the race finished 10 minutes ago you know when you weren't racing for the line but anyway it must be in the rules missing it but that was it um so yeah that was kind of a weird day and then Egan took yellow and then it was kind of for us it was like I can't really attack the yellow jersey now um but yeah, so it was definitely an eventful day. I remember. You can't remember, you can. Yes, yes, of course I remember, but yeah. I was just suffering. Like like Jay said, they tried to drop me, but I knew it will happen. It was just a question of time. It was such a long climb and with the altitude. And uh, yeah, I was just empty. So even at the beginning of the climb, I knew it will be my day you know my day of dropping <laughs> so and even after that i received so much message like wow you have to you have to complain maybe why they took the time on the top and if uh, they don't take time you can start tomorrow before paris in yellow but i was just like no way even if the stage continue i will drop i will lose three minutes no uh, even more five minutes because after it was a long downhill to Ting I think and still another yeah, climb yeah. so I said no, no way I don't care I, I, the day after was a, a short stage of 60k with 35k of, of climbing and they just start full gas 
it was already crazy to take position i remember and uh yeah pluski was pulling so hard for kreuzweg and i just hang on on the bike and i remember henrik mas stay with me to to yeah, to fight because at that moment i i don't care to lose everything uh you know for me change nothing to finish five or 10 or 25 I, I just gave my best for three weeks and and at the end uh yeah Henrik stayed with me I, I fight to the top and uh, I think Nibali won the stage and and uh, they said to me yeah you are fifth on GC and at that moment I don't I cannot say if I was happy or not I was just so so empty <laughs> I did I didn't sleep all night before Champs-Élysées stage I was yeah the the body broken because yeah, we stayed at altitude as well didn't we i remember that i was the same it's just kind of yeah i didn't sleep that night before especially because i had a yeah a few things going on in my head as well like what could have been but yeah that last yeah i can imagine the night of stage 20 is always it's never a great sleep giro bloody hell giro last year definitely didn't sleep after that one either but different story um yeah but fuck. i know yeah i can imagine <laughs> Yeah, but um, <laughs> but I hope you take your your revenge this year. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's it's always hard, isn't it? You always start from scratch again. Though every year is different. Every race is different. But yeah, we'll we'll see. But right, Julien. A year after that tour, you become world champion. That incredible attack on the final climb in Imola, and then you do it again at the World Championships a year later. Is there one world title that you have above the other? Is there a favorite in there or do you love them both the same? Oh, it's, it's a, uh, I cannot compare. It, it was two, two different emotion, two different race, two different period. Uh, of course it was my dream to, to become world champion. So to, to realize your dream, it's always already special, but to do uh, two time in a row, it's even more special. But for me, it's more about the emotion I got. And um, yeah, the first one for sure, I will never forget because so many things came in my mind. And uh, and yeah, Leuven was different. I, I was more relaxed, like ready to lose because I enjoy it all the season with the, the the rainbow jersey i realized the dream the year before but also uh, you you know you go to to the world championships with a, a big motivation with a strong team and you you go for the victory so i i knew i was ready to to fight uh, for the for the victory and but the mindset was completely different it's also why i raced different with the the french team I think it was one of the most enjoyable uh, race uh, for the, the the public because uh, because a lot of things happen. Uh, we attack. Uh, we start to attack from far, and uh, at the end, I just destroy myself until uh, it works. And uh, if it doesn't work, we we still have uh, Florian Seneschal to sprint. So so yeah. It was beautiful day, beautiful victory, another dream, but uh, completely different emotion than Imola. So for me, it's really difficult difficult to to choose. Huh? But uh, I will take Imola because it's the first one, 
and uh, it's the moment that you realize your dream. So you, you, yeah, that stay with you. You know, life changes forever. No, my life doesn't change after that. But it just, it just personal that it was something that I, I promised to myself. I, I, I worked so hard for this and. Uh, during few years, I was also close that I remember um, Bergen, you know, when they took me 1K to go. And uh, yeah, I always tried to, to give my best. Like uh, also in Leeds, I, won, I was one of the favorites, but at the end, I saw nothing of the race. I was just freezing on the bike and I suffered like, uh, yeah, another chance lost. And year after year, it keep it. It stayed there, you know. It's it's something that you want to to do to to realize. And the moment that that day arrive, it's it's an emotion for forever huh? for for me. I mean, and also for memories because it's all about memories. And I will uh, I will always remember that day. Just like London buses, eh? They don't arrive for ages and then two turn up at the same time. Do you know what I'm saying? No. In the UK, we say it's like London buses. Like, they don't turn up for ages and then two arrive at the same time. They're like you in the World Championships, really. I don't, I don't understand you. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a difficult okay, metaphor. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I don't have the, 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 the Welsh uh, accent uh, translator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, final thing for me, because I know we, we, you need to go and have your dinner. You're an altitude camp. You're going to be starving, so we don't want to keep you. Um, but just final thing. Yeah, no problem, no problem. You're a dad now. That must be, uh, you know, it's a, that's life-changing for sure, more than any victory. Um, well, for a start, how is it? And has it changed much with your, with your mentality or your approach or anything like that? Well, no, it doesn't change my approach or my mentality, but for sure that's the biggest change that you can have in your life uh, is think. It's not something that you can compare with cycling. Uh, it's it, you can compare with nothing. I think it's something that uh, you you realize only when it happens, and uh, every day it's a new adventure. And and yeah, it's the most beautiful thing uh, happened in my life. So it's really a strange uh, with our li- lifestyle that uh, that we have to enjoy to be a dad but we are away so many days in the in the season so for that uh, i can also say chapeau to to my to my wife to my girlfriend because we we don't sometimes realize how hard it is for 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 her but uh yeah it's only something that uh, i cannot explain it's a different love. It's uh, you know that it's. I cannot yeah, li- yeah. live without him now. You know it's. Uh, it's everything can stop tomorrow. I don't care. I just want uh, his happiness. I want to teach him the best and uh, to be on a. If he's good, he's, if he's on a good uh, horse, is the, the most important. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy, you know. Like after. You you don't yeah you don't think the same quality. Anything else, Tom? 
Yeah, I've only got one more question actually, Julia. Just talking about your son Nino, I just wondered with your attitude to cycling um, and how much you enjoy it and the different things you've done in your career, as Nino grows older and you talk to him about cycling and you talk to him about the life that you've led, what will you tell him about cycling? Uh, I will say to him uh, first that uh, it was not always easy to to leave him uh, because at that moment uh, he's still young, eh? he's three years old, not even three years old, but I think uh, it's better like this that he don't realize uh, how long I leave the, the house. It's more hard for me than for him. But uh, I will say to him that uh, it was a uh, a big part of my power, you know, like uh, it was not always easy to travel a lot and to, to, to not be at home and to suffer on the bike. But that's a part of the job. It's uh, cycling is an art sport where you have to, to suffer a lot, to, to do a lot of sacrifice. And uh, for me now, the biggest sacrifice is to to leave him, you know, to, to, to miss some uh, important moment. So I will say also that... Uh, if I won uh, the world championships in uh, Leuven, it's a big part of. Uh, it was a big part of that because I I still remember what I was uh, what I had in my head the last few kilometers and uh, and yeah I hope he can uh, he can watch after the the race or he will remember but uh, he will not remember but he will see it and uh, and uh, yeah it's nice to to have so many stories that I can say to him later. Yeah, quality, quality. Well, as I said, don't want to keep you. Go and enjoy your, go and enjoy your steak and um, really appreciate your time. And I might see you up there then. If you're still there on Monday, I might bump into you on the road. Ah, we but... leave uh, 21. Ah, okay. I don't okay. know if you will well, be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I've no idea what the date is, but I'm pretty sure I'll be there. So maybe I'll see you on the road. But hey, Tom, what's the famous... Is Van Gogh, um, he's not French, is he, Tom? No, he's Dutch, isn't he? Who's a famous French? Is he Dutch? Because Picasso, he must be Italian, is he? Spanish. Spanish? <laughs> Who did you say? Monet. Oh, Pablo. <laughs> Monet? Monet, is he French? Monet, ouais. Monet, Monet, okay. Monet, c'est un français. <laughs> okay, there we go. Monet, that's, that's Julian's new nickname for me, Monet. He's an no. artist. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Cycling's Monet. There we go. Well, anyway, thanks, uh, Jay. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, uh, thanks, Dom. It was a pleasure to be with you guys and uh, try to recover well here, Jay. Enjoy the stress. Do the kilometers in the bunch. Eating well, massage, and you will be ready to win the Giro <laughs> Ah, Thanks, mate. Appreciate your time. Cheers. Thanks, I'm glad Julian. you finally... Got Pleasure. it done. Cheers, mate. Nice bye to bye. see you. Ciao, ciao. Cheers. Ciao, ciao. Au revoir. Bon appétit. <laughs> bye bye, mon. <laughs> he is such a likable man, Jay, isn't he? Julien. He is, yeah. Yeah, and you can tell he's just. Well, by the way, he raced the bike as well. He just loves it, doesn't he? So, like we said there, I hope he does have a great year because. Well, even more so recently, with like, it can't be nice having all that in public, you know, just everyone sort of the talk of the town and not in a good way. So, yeah, hoping for a great year and uh, it'd be great to see him back, wouldn't it? Because he's sort of, 
he was the start of this sort of generation of new racing I guess the death or glory races yeah yeah like he kind of he was coming on the scene as sort of Van Aert was just coming on the scene when he like that tour in 18 Van Aert crashed into the TT that Julian won didn't he and ripped open his leg or something but that's right he was, he was just before Van Aert went big and you know the years after that well he was double world champion wasn't he after that as well so but yeah no good lad good lad yeah definitely now you and he are both racing in the same race on Sunday that is Strada Bianchi which we both love it's a sensational race how are you feeling first of all is this all about supporting Tom Peacock or are there any plans for a possible little cheeky move should things transpire uh, well for a start it's Saturday Tom not Sunday okay. so good job you told me that I could change my yeah. plans for the weekend <laughs> but no uh, I'm there to help the boys already Tom's obviously won it last year so he's going to be the leader I'm not sure who else is riding to be honest I think Creato Timon uh, Magnus Creato. Sheffield Magnus Sheffield yeah so it's, it's a decent is Egan riding no I don't think he is um, okay. but it's a strong team anyway so yeah get stuck in help the boys it's, I think the route's changed a bit as well it's longer it's a bit more a few more climbs so harder course as well so I'm looking forward to it I haven't done it for years um, I've only done it twice first time I was in Barlow World that was uh, I've told you the story when I crashed into a condom machine haven't I <laughs> you have yeah so <laughs> I crashed into a condom machine two days before so my shoulder wasn't in the best state for that but then uh Second time was in 2019 then as well when I was, I think I was just outside top 10 um, on the comeback after my six months of partying. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Julian's not that bad, Patrick. Yeah, you should have seen me in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> what is that finish like, the, the famous steep climb up oh. to Siena, which is spectacular to watch on the TV. And Siena is obviously an unbelievable town. It's a beautiful, beautiful spot. But that last kicking climb, particularly if you're at the business end of the race, it looks horrific. Yeah, it's brutal, especially after such a hard race. And uh, I'd love to be in the lead group going up there because uh, the atmosphere and things up there, I'm pretty sure I probably will this year. But um, it's like, yeah, the atmosphere is so steep and hard. And then you come into that big square. And as you say, it's just beautiful. So... I don't think there's a better I'm just thinking off the top of my head now the velodrome in, in Roubaix I wouldn't say it's beautiful it's iconic um, yeah Roubaix's not a beautiful town is it like it is no. it's iconic but you wouldn't go there on holiday whereas you Hell would no. go to Siena just to <laughs> you would go to Siena just to marvel at it wouldn't you yeah yeah even if on the train you're hoping it doesn't stop in Roubaix you'll be go straight through um, <laughs> yeah I, I, I'd go to say it's probably Champs Elysees is pretty beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful finishes in cycling, isn't it? Definitely hard, hard pressed to beat that. So yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's an insane finish. Hard, great atmosphere. Do you remember when uh, Van Aert just sort of cramped up it, just fell off his bike? Oh, do you know what I was? I'd forgotten about that. I was thinking about Van der Poel when he won a couple of years ago, and he had that twenty-second sprint up to Siena, where his oh. his watts watts were over a thousand watts, wasn't it? When he's pushing something like a thousand four watts, and his heart was just doing something stupid, like one hundred and eighty beats a minute or something insane. Is that what it was? I think mental. so. That's it is mental. Guys. Yeah, I don't know how that's humanly possible. No, 
Oh, that's put a dampener on my excitement for the race now. <laughs> Maybe um, that's not going to be required this year. That was a one-off. <laughs> yeah. No, looking forward to it anyway. Okay. Well, listen, have a, a great time. We'll have a catch-up about it next week. See you then. Ciao for now. Crowd Network. A place where you belong.